Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Welcome back to another episode of Enlightened Empaths. And today we are going to have so much fun because we're going to give you a sneak preview of Samantha's new book, The Awake Dreamer. And she and I talked about this and, you know, just to give you all a little bit of a hint of what's coming and then you can see, oh my goodness, this is what I have to look forward to. So welcome, Samantha. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Denise. <laughs> oh, anytime. Yes, we're so excited. So tell us about your book because it comes out September 1st and I know you've had a lot of pre-orders and it's so exciting, but it's also very, uh, it must be a little overwhelming. Yeah, it is super overwhelming. It's very exciting. And I'm I'm just nervous because I this is a brand new process for me, but I'm very, very excited to see it, you know, come out into the world and and see what people have to say about it. I spent a lot of time writing this and then the editing process. And so now seeing it in its actual book form is is just really, really thrilling. And I I just want to thank so many listeners who have already pre-ordered it. It just means the world to me. But I thought it would just be fun to kind of give people an idea of how this book came to be, because originally I had written a memoir during the whole COVID lockdown. I was like, well, let me use this time. And so I wrote just not really, I hate to call it, I did not call it a memoir. It was more a book about how I learned to accept and hone my intuition. And so it was a lot of stories and a lot of interactions that I had with the classes and the teachers and and everything that I learned in this world of woo, as you call it, Denise. <laughs> and that book did get me an agent. But when she started to shop it around to editors, they said, no one wants memoirs anymore. It's kind of like a tired genre, which really surprised me. I love reading memoirs. Do you? I do. I love peeking in, you know, someone's world and what got them where they are now. And the process that it took or their experiences. Yeah, me too. And so that surprised me. But one editor in particular said, you know, I really like her writing. I really like her stories. If she has other ideas, send them our way. So I did not wait long. And I looked at the memoir and, you know, sure, it had stuff about my childhood and dealing with breast cancer and um, my former husband's shooting in the line of duty and all of that. But in between all of those stories were my dreams and all the precognitive dreams I had and the strange experiences I've talked about on this show before, where I really feel that our soul is leaving our body and traveling to different dimensions. And I thought, gosh, that's really what's at the heart of, of this memoir. So I put it together in a different format that has more research, I think, in it than just, you know, here's my story. And uh, that's what they eventually went ahead with. So that's how The Awake Dreamer was born. And so it it does have a lot of research into the history of dreams and a lot of cool stuff about precognitive dreams that have come true. Like, did you know, Denise, just in 2018, a man in Virginia dreamt numbers and he woke up and wrote them all down and went to the gas station and bought a lottery ticket and won? Oh, 
Can you imagine That's a good dream. winning? I know the odds of him winning were one in almost 300,000 people. Oh my. I know. So there's just some really amazing stories in there about people who have had past life dreams, announcing dreams, precognitive dreams, lucid dreams, astral travel dreams. I include in there a story for any of my fellow unsolved mystery lovers. You might know this story, but a dream actually solved a murder. There was a poor woman. She was such a, everyone who knew her said she was just the kindest woman you could ever meet, did not have an enemy in the world. She worked as a respiratory therapist in a hospital and she was found murdered in her apartment. And nobody, the the police could not figure out who did this to her because like I said, this this woman was just so lovely and kind and generous. There wasn't one person who wished her ill. And then six months after her murder, another respiratory therapist at the hospital started having these dreams where the victim, Teresita Basso, came to her and said, here's who murdered me and, and gave, gave her the name. And they didn't know what to do. She and her husband, she was like, I can't just go to the police with this story, you know, but eventually they did. And the detectives didn't know what to do with the name. It was a man who worked at the hospital and he did know Teresita, but they had nothing to connect him to the murder. So Teresita Bassa came back to her coworker and said, you know, very, very plainly, he took my jewelry and gave it to his girlfriend. And so that's how they were able to link him to the murder. And they arrested him and he went to prison. Wow. Oh, see, that's that's very fascinating. And I was just sitting here and trying to figure out how did they know? What did they what was the evidence? What did they do next? That's an incredible dream story. Isn't that and just one of many you'll just... experience? <laughs> <laughs> But wait, there's more. (laughs) (laughs) There's a a lot of stories that I uncovered in my research of loved ones coming through in dreams to bring really important messages. Like there is this story of a woman and she lived in her grandfather's house and there were rumors throughout their family through all the years. They knew the grandfather had been a gold prospector. And there were all these family rumors that he had hidden gold in the home, but everybody had searched every nick and corner of that house. They could not find the gold. So one night the granddaughter had a dream that she woke up. Her grandfather was there and said, you know, follow me. And when they went into the kitchen, it was the kitchen before they had remodeled it. And he opened up the old oven, you know, those old ovens that were like built right into the brick. Yeah. And he opened up the oven door and pulled out this um, iron thing. And inside the iron box was the gold. So the next morning when she woke up, they tore that whole wall down that covered up the original oven and they found the gold. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. There's there's so many stories like that one. I have a a couple of listener stories in the book as well. And a listener wrote to me about how he dreamt that his aunt came to him and said, there's another insurance policy that, you know, your uncle needs to know about. And sure enough, they found it. It's just so neat to think about what our loved ones in heaven do to bring this information to us. You know, the 
the the energy shifts they have to go through. Do you ever think about that? I do because you know, being mediums, we both know that visitation dreams, people wait for them. They want their people in spirit to come and visit them. And there's just so it's really, really interesting because there are so many different kinds of dreams. And there are people that I talk to that have the precognitive dreams, the premonition dreams, the visitation dreams that are as real as you, you and I are talking right now. And some people get a little wisp or every once in a while they get something. But for people who are truly avid dreamers and have the recall, what a fascinating world to step into. Yeah, it really is. And I think we can all work on building that as well, building up that dream recall just through having the right motivation and intent, which, you know, I think is great because sometimes you read about these fascinating, interesting things and you're like, oh, I wish I wish I could have that happen to me. Well, the cool thing about dreams, we all dream. And so we all can have these experiences. It's just a matter of learning to remember your dreams, learning to record them in the morning, and really knowing that your dream life is a mirror, a reflection of your day life. So if during the day you're very focused on spiritual things and meditation and calming the mind, you're going to have more vivid dream experiences. So do you discuss different types of dreams in the book? So how lucid is it this, is it that? So what what do you feel is like probably the, I don't want to say the most common dream, because that seems like it would depend on the individual. But when people share their dream stories, is there a thread or a pattern or a a consistency with more people share lucid dreams or premonition dreams or visitations? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I want to make it clear that this is not a book about what do your dreams mean? You know, like, what does it mean if you dream about a unicorn? This is about following this thread, this question, this thesis, if you will, of does our soul leave our body when we sleep sometimes? And do we travel and do things? Do we visit people? Do we visit the other side? Do we astral travel? And so I would, from what I've heard from listeners and the research I did, I think visits with loved ones in heaven is probably the most common dream. But the second most common dream would be precognitive dreams. A lot of people will have dreams about things that are coming up for them or someone who's very, very close to them. There's there's this common thing you see a lot too, Denise, where people will dream of someone right before they die. One one listener even emailed me and said that her family calls her the Grim Reaper because she will dream about someone right before they die and tell people and the family gave her that, that awful nickname. And so she has like guilt about it. And that's something that kept coming up in my research is a lot of precognitive dreams have a little bit of a negative connotation to them just because usually they're, they come to warn us of something, right? Whether it's a health crisis or a death or, um, you know, just a job loss. Very often precognitive dreams are positive too. And I'll talk about announcing dreams in a minute, but very often they are warning us of something. And so many people who don't really understand how this world of intuition works, they almost feel responsible for the precognitive dream. Oh my goodness. So the other question is, tell us about the announcing dreams first. What does that mean? 
So announcing dreams, that was coined by Dr. Ian Stevenson, who started all that research into past lives and reincarnation with children. And what he found was that a lot of people through dreams will announce to their loved ones that they are being reincarnated into their family. He tells this one story about this aunt who appeared to her niece in a dream and said, I'm getting ready to be born again as your daughter. And you'll know it's me because I'll be born feet first. She says, if you don't believe me, I'll be born with the feet first. You will also see that the toes will be joined to the foot. And sure enough, the baby girl was born breech with two toes of her right foot joined together. How can you make that up? I mean, you I can't. know. And that's another good reason to keep a dream journal, because if you have a dream that that's that detailed or or just it does come to fruition later on, you say, oh, yeah, right. You had a dream about it. You can say, oh, no, look, here it is. And it's dated. So I think it's big to date the dream journal, too. Oh, I do, too. And and you think you'll know, you will think you'll remember. Well, if it's January 17th, I can figure out that that was no, you won't remember. So you do want to put the full date, the month, day and year. And you might want to also add in the moon cycle because people, some people feel that they have more vivid dreams around the full moon or the new moon. You might be like that, too. And so it's nice to start to recognize patterns in your own dreaming life. So one of the things is I know that I dream if I wake up in the night, like, you know, one, two, three, four in the morning and then go back to sleep during that time. When I go back to sleep, I usually have ridiculously vivid dreams. So is there a reason yes. that happens? Yeah, there is. So we dream during our REM cycle. It's about 30% of our sleep time is spent in REM, and that's when you dream. But most of our dreams happen in the last third of our entire sleep time. So that's one of the best ways to remember your dream is to, I always tell people, set two alarms. Like if you have to get up every day at six o'clock for work, set an alarm for 5 a.m. and then fall back asleep till that 6 a.m. alarm. And in that last hour, you will recall a dream. That's very good, because I think that could be a really nice way to start to remember. And I, I've always believed that if you just even get a snippet, write that down, because it's going to build into something else. Exactly. Even if it's just a color or a face or an image, or sometimes I dream words very often. I'll wake up with just a word. In, that I'll see like almost written across my forehead and I'll, I'll write that down. Sometimes I'll wake up with music just playing through my head and I'll write that down. I'll wake up with a statement. It'll just be like a, a simple statement or almost like someone's giving me some advice or, and I'll just write it down. And sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't, but I always just write it down just in case. Yeah. And what happens too is after you wake up, you don't want to move. You don't want to even write anything down. You just want to lay as still as possible and let anything you remember from your dream just kind of sift to the top, you know, like 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 a lake settling the water and let it all just sift up to the top of your consciousness and try very gently without forcing yourself to remember as much as you can. Just let yourself kind of drift in that lovely space between sleep and wake and more and more of your dream recall will come to you if you do that. And then you can write it all down. 
But that first minute when you wake up, don't move, just lay there and know that sometimes what'll happen is you'll get up. You Maybe you remembered a couple of things, a word, a song, a face, you write that down and then you walk into the bathroom and you brush your teeth and then suddenly, boom, the dream is downloaded and you remember it all. Does that ever happen to you? It does. Or even in the middle of the day, you'll just all of a yeah. sudden, oh, I had a weird dream about that. Or So how about for people that they, they, they're dreaming, they're remembering, they do the gentle wake up and then their mind goes pinball game and it gets pushed out. Can you think of any techniques that would help people who have that overactive thinking mind, not mentioning any names, and <laughs> <laughs> and the dream is there and then poof, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. It's like trying to catch a spider web. Like it's just gossamer in the wind, gone. That happens a lot. Again, that goes back to what I was saying about how whatever you do in your day is reflected in your in your sleep. And so if you are very stressed out or you're just feeling chaotic in your head, you know, you've just got too many files open on your computer is how I always term it, then you're not going to recall your dreams and you need to be gentle with yourself. If you're not remembering your dreams and you normally do, it's usually an indicator that you're just going through a stressful time. And sometimes, look, life is hard sometimes and there's nothing you can do about it and it's going to be stressful and you might not remember your dreams. Don't force it. But it's also a nice little reminder of, hey, we need to practice a little bit more self-care. And so how you prepare yourself for bedtime can really prime your conscious to remember dreams. So for example, no caffeine at night, obviously. Alcohol is a depressant. Nicotine is a stimulant. Those things are going to interfere with your dream recall. Blue lights in your bedroom do as well. So if you have your, your router, your Wi-Fi in there, or any other electronics that have that blue light, that kind of interferes with melatonin production. So it can really um, hinder your sleep cycle. But if you take a warm shower before your, your bedtime or a warm bath, and you read something that's very calming, or you listen to a gentle guided meditation before falling asleep, anything to just really calm and clear your mind, you're going to you're going to recall so many more dreams than normally you would if during a stressful time. Yeah, that's excellent advice. Now, one of the things, and you joked about this in one of our previous episodes when we were talking about the book coming out. And you said that you wanted to call it night workers. And then they said, no, that's that's a, a the, an age-old profession. We don't want to use that word. So the soul worker stuff. So where does that fit in? Because I know that a lot of our listeners do, they do night work. They do soul work. They do go and help on the other side. Are there any indicators that you'd know you were doing that? Because I know sometimes they say if you wake up, completely exhausted, even though you had a good night's sleep, it might mean you went and worked too hard out in the dream world. Yeah, that's that's really the number one indicator is when you wake up really, really tired and you feel as though you didn't sleep at all. Now, I don't mean sometimes you toss and turn and, and you're throwing the covers off and you're pulling them back on and that's different. I mean, when you slept beautifully through the night and you still wake up tired, that's often a sign that you've been doing night work. But I have found that most people, and for any new listeners, what we're talking about, I started sharing on both podcasts pretty early on, 
these experiences I was having where I was giving readings during my sleep time. And it was really strange because I would get these emails from listeners saying, I know we've never met before, but I had a dream about you. And we were sitting at this little cafe by the ocean. And I think you gave me a reading last night. And I was like, oh my gosh, how could that happen when I had the same dream? So that kept occurring for me. I would have dreams where I was giving Reiki to people, um, just constantly dream after dream after dream. And it still happens now. It's shifted a little bit, which is interesting, Denise. In the last few years, most of my night work dreams have been with the life review process. So whereas I've had dreams where I'm helping to cross over newly deceased souls, or I'm giving readings, or I'm with a group and I'm doing healing work, the last few years, most of those dreams have been about holding space for someone while they watch and, and go through their life review. That must be very, very interesting. It is really interesting. And a lot of the dreams, I don't even know if I can call them life reviews. It's more like check-ins. It's um, It only started during COVID. And, it, and it's I've had a series of dreams with people who are very, very, very depressed. And we're always in this, like, I don't know how to describe it, kind of like a movie theater. And we're watching the person's life on screen. And there's always angels there. They don't have wings in my dreams, but I, I know they're angels. I always know things in these dreams that me, Samantha, wouldn't know. That makes mm-hmm. sense. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay. And I'm always with other people that I know are like me. I know we're living people and I know we're here in this other side dimension. And I know we're just kind of acting as an anchor between the two worlds while the angels do their work. And the angels are trying to show the depressed person all the good that they are doing in their life, even though they can't see it. So I've had a lot of those dreams where I know the person is still alive, but we're still kind of going through this life review to help them, to help boost their morale, I guess, if you could say it that way. So you might find with night work or with your own night work experience that it might shift and, and evolve as you grow and evolve. Right, because I remember you sharing way, way back about how you used to dream you went to woo-woo school (laughs) at night. Like you'd go to school to learn techniques and it was almost, so that's going way, way back at the beginning of your development, right? Yeah, that was, that started when I was pregnant with Chloe and she's now 16. And um, I really missed those dreams. I don't have those anymore. It lasted for a couple of years And I knew something special was happening in those dreams because I would see the same people in the dreams. And that that never happens to me. I don't dream about the same people in my dreams. You know, like if, if I dream about you, usually it's you as a symbol of friendship. You know, but these were these were people I did not know in my normal daily life. And yet they kept appearing in these school dreams where we were being taught how to do different. Uh, types of intuition and healing. And what's really cool is when I was doing research for this book, I came across Michael Tellinger's work, who also writes about this, he calls it his astral school on the other side, and all these dreams he had where he was taught things about how the universe works in dreams. So that's one of the things I love about dreams, because, you know, I'm a big fan of find the way that 
you your best connection to spirit or your best connection to how you just just be you when you're true it gives spirit so much more work with and you get a stronger care i believe that and i feel like with the dream stuff it's the same thing that they're going to like not only the connection between your actual cognitive ability your your brain chemistry your subconscious your memories your experiences all of those things have to factor in but then that unique way that you process it so for i've shared this with you before that i get very cryptic dreams that are like figuring out a puzzle very rarely do i dream something there's thunder sorry uh very rarely do i dream something that is clear like i'm walking through a movie Mm -hmm. what made me think about it is i was walking up the stairs um in my house and Wow, I very rarely ever dream about being in this house. So is that a thing to not dream about where you live? Um, I don't know that it's a thing, but usually if you, in in my night work dream experiences where loved ones from the other side have visited me, it's always in my house. Now, when I'm doing night work, like when I'm doing readings or doing healing, I'm always at that Oceanside Cafe area is how I describe it. But when my mother-in-law or my friend George or my grandmother, uh, when they have visited me, it's always in my house. Or the the very first time that one of my guides, who I nicknamed Red, because he always wears a red baseball cap, when he came to visit me in a dream, it was, you know, he woke me up in my bed and I knew I was awake, but I knew I was sleeping. So I think that, but you that go can... to consistent places for different things. Yes, yeah. So I think that that's really, really intriguing. It's it's so complicated. So I'm, this is why I I don't want to call it dreaming. That's why I like to call it soul travel. You know, mm-hmm. because if you have a dream, like a listener emailed me, she had this dream that she went down into her basement and there were twelve washing machines. And they were all running and spinning. And she wanted to know what that meant. That is not a soul travel dream, right? That is like a Carl Jung archetype dream. The yeah. basement is our subconscious. And so she's in the washing machines, the number 12. Like there's so much that you could pick apart and analyze. And what is she washing from her soul? And what is she releasing and letting go of? And, you know, on and on and on. So if when you say like what does it mean to not dream of your house it depends if you're talking about a traditional dream or a soul travel dream okay see that's interesting too because and it, i'm thinking about it as you as you're speaking of when i do very, i don't dream about my people in spirit very often but when i do i try i think i've had a lot in the house i grew up in which would make sense but i don't dream about that very often either but so I think that's that really intrigues me that you are you have those specific places that your your spirit self goes or your subconscious goes or however we want to to figure that out. But you have it. It's almost like okay, it's Tuesday. I'm going to go meet people and do readings at the ocean. <laughs> I know it is really weird. And a lot of times when I have my healing dreams, I'm at this cathedral and there's always a man who greets me at the door and he says welcome to dirk cathedral i have googled that there's no dirk cathedral i've googled dirk scotland dirk i i I don't know but i often i have that recurring dream as well and people are just 
waiting for, you know, Reiki. And, and again, it's, it's usually not just me. It's usually a group of healers and I'm just one of them. But it is really exciting, I think, just to think about what is actually going on when we dream and how can we utilize it. And the more we pay attention to it, the more insight we have, not only into ourselves, but also into where we are. Like, for example, I have a friend, she only remembers her dreams when she's not in her house, right? So like, if she goes to visit her brother, she'll sorry for the barking dogs. She'll remember her dreams. If she's on vacation, she'll remember her dreams. If she's on a business trip and staying in a random hotel, she'll remember. But if she is in her house, she does not remember her dreams. And I told her, I think it's because you feel too responsible. You're doing too much. And so the house is kind of like weighing you down because you're thinking about the kids and the pets and the laundry and the bills. And and so we talked about practicing you know, more self-care and doing those calming rituals before bedtime so that she can start to remember her dreams. And as she started to do that and let things go and delegate some other things, she has started to remember her dreams. And she has this thing now that started happening that happens to me too, Denise. And I wonder if you've had it. I call it almost like deja vu dreaming where she'll do something and she'll remember dreaming about doing that thing a week before. Have you ever oh, had that? I, the only thing I can compare it to is I used to dream about the same old house that I've never been to and I've never seen, but I can tell you where everything is in that house. Ooh. And I dreamt about that house for years and years and years and to the point where I thought this must be the house I'm supposed to move into because it was that clear. Dreaming about a memory of a dream. She'll wake up and she won't remember her dreams. Okay. And then like a week later, like like one of the ones she had, she was she was uh, in the backyard doing some gardening and this neighbor walked up to tell her something really important. And mm-hmm. as the neighbor is telling her this this big thing, she remembered dreaming about it the week before. But she didn't remember the dream until it happened. So I told her I said that's I call that dream deja vu. I like that. Yeah. So anyway, we're almost out of time and I don't want to go on and on and on about the book, but I do want to just say that there's a lot in here. It's not just how to remember your dreams. I have a lot of stories in here about people who have dreamt of their past lives, people who have dreamt of their children before they were born, astral travel experiences. There's Dreams going back to the first century BC that are night worker dreams that I think is so cool because it just gives a lot of credence and validity to this idea that we are so much more than a body and a mind, that we are a soul and our soul can travel and journey and go anywhere we want when we are able to calm our mind down, either through meditation or through dreaming. And so I do want to say as well that I recorded a 30-minute guided meditation to prime your subconscious to prepare for a dream visit with a loved one in heaven. And so I wrote it and recorded it with the intent that you listen to it as you fall asleep so that you can have a dream visit about your loved one. I made all my daughters listen to it, Denise. And I'm like, I need you to listen to this and just make sure I didn't like stutter or if there isn't anything that's jarring in, in this meditation. And all three of them said they have yet to get past the first 10 minutes because they fall right asleep and have these great dreams. 
<laughs> but I just want to tell everyone that if you pre-order the book, The Awake Dreamer, and you email me your pre-order receipt, you will get a free MP3 download of that guided meditation. So just email me your pre-order receipt, Samantha at SamanthaFay.com, and then I will email you this guided meditation that I just recorded. I'm really, really proud of it. I'm really happy with it. And I think you guys will like it. And that's a beautiful, beautiful gift to give people. That's incredible. Well, you know, one thing that really struck me as I was writing this book, you know, the work you and I do as mediums is incredibly rewarding. And, you know, thanks to amazing people like Dr. Julie Baichel, we're now starting to have some science backing up the claim that going to see a medium can really, really help along the grieving process. But I thought about some of the dream visits I've had with loved ones I lost. And in a way, it was it's one thing to go to a medium and have them tell you something that's no one else could know. And so you know, oh, they're talking to my mom or my dad or what have you. But it's a whole different thing to have these quote unquote dream experiences, because I don't think they're dreams. I really do believe that our soul travels and we can journey to meet with our loved ones in heaven when all those barriers are down between our world and theirs and between our ego and our fears. When all of that is down in the sleep state, we can really meet with these loved ones on the other side. And there's just nothing like it to validate for yourself that your loved one is okay, you're going to be okay, and that you too will meet again. And so I really hope that this meditation helps prepare people to have that own their own experience like that in a dream. So anyone who has already pre-ordered the book is also eligible for the download? Yes, of course. Okay, great. Well, we're very excited because September 1st is when the book launches. So you still have time to get your order in and it's on Amazon and any other of the major booksellers. Plus you can get in touch with your local booksellers and have them pre-order a copy for you. We're so excited to share this. This this is, this is beyond exciting that you're, you're a very gifted writer. You're a very prolific writer, but this is a chance to truly share that part of your heart and your vision and your work with so many people. And I think we're all very, very grateful that you're taking these steps to open that door for us. Thank you, Denise. Thank you so much. I just, I love you and I love the way you put things. You're you're such a writer too. And you know what the editor told me? So the original manuscript was 90,000 words and he had me cut it down to 60,000 words, which was painful. But he said, <laughs> he said, if this does well, you can include all those stories. Cause I, I just love our listeners so much. And so I included so many listener stories and, and some are still in the book, but a lot of them had to be cut. But he said, if this is, if this does well, I can do a part two. That's just stories, which, you know, me, I love stories. And so it'd be <laughs> great to do a part two of just dream stories. Yeah. I think so hopefully, good. hopefully it will. Anyway, yeah. thank you guys so much for indulging me for this time and for all of your love and support. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. It's it's really a dream come true for me. And, and I'm just very grateful to you all for helping me make this happen. In the meantime, we hope that you remember to always show up, do great work and share your light. Take care.